comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am The Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero in on my resident. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. Hey everybody, welcome to the DC TV podcast. Hey! Oh yeah! <laughs> Episode 93. Uh, little, little right, tribute, yeah. little tribute to our uh, musical episode this week with the music meister, evidently now the most powerful being in the Arrowverse, by far. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about this week's episode. Uh, first of all, let me introduce my wonderful co-host. First of all, the man who gave J.R.R. Tolkien trench foot, Mr. Richard the Chub-Toed Sheldon. Now, Jim. Jim. Think of your fellow man. No. Him a no. helping hand. No. Put the love in your heart. Bad job. No. You see it's getting late. Bad the man who, is, uh, who has a blink-if-you-miss-it cameo being slammed on a table by Jason Momoa in the latest just in the Justice League trailer, Mr. Daryl Taylor. I told him I liked this girl. He ain't had to slam me like that. He made, he made you buy his, his booze, too. He's like, it's on him. I knew him first. I knew him first. I watched the Cosby show back in the day. I saw it first. And the, creative, and the woman who was the creative consultant, Adrian Chase, on exactly how to torture Oliver this week on Arrow, Ms. Jerry Atkinson. No, he is a portrait in determination, perseverance, perseverance, and stick to itness. Okay, no he's doubt. like a dog bone. Seriously, he should be a role model for these kids these days. Okay, these kids out here are going around willy nilly, half chasing dreams. This man went for it. I hate it when they go willy nilly. God, I hate you that. Stall off the green, you know. Like, oh, I need a safe space. Adrian has no safe space. <laughs> dude, he just needs a hug, dude, Jerry. Dude needed vengeance so bad he killed his own wife. Think about that. No. <laughs> he will go in, this out, is... around, and under to make a point. Now, he know, is determined. I know we'll talk about it when we get there, but but man, oh man, he's like, this is my favorite era villain since Deathstroke, easily. Pretty, yes. pretty awesome. But let's start... smile on your face and work in your office. Okay. Yeah. Take your job. Take your girl. Right. Threaten to kill your kid. Mr. Still Alive. Turn your protege against you. 
Not... Torture you until you admit until you give up as Arrow. Anyway, we'll talk about it when we get there. First, let's talk. There was a lot of DC news this week, but the biggest, of course, the Justice League trailer uh, dropped dun, dun, dun. this weekend, and boy, did it drop big time! Uh, so we got exciting. we got to see all five characters suit up and in action, which was cool. Um, yeah. We got to see Great Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering Where's why Superman. People, hello, did mm-hmm. it, did nobody see the last movie? Mm-hmm. You know. Jim, where's well, Superman? I don't care what you're saying. Where's, where's Superman? Superman? Well, actually, the there's a there's an international extended trailer where they actually show some behind the scenes at the end of the trailer before it cuts out, and you see him on set, so he's there. Uh, where's Superman? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not the linchpin here, okay? Where's, he's just another DC character. Of where's Booster Gold? Where's Booster Gold? Right. Oh, well, I want you tell me exactly what's going to happen in the movie. <laughs> so what is the let's, problem? Let's talk about what we liked about the trailer first of all, okay? It was awesome. It was awesome. There were very many awesome parts. Uh, Momoa saying that you know he dug, he dug the way he dressed up as a bat. That was cool. I think. I, you know what, he, cool. he's good, you know, Momoa's very good at, like, the scowl and the intimidation, but he can also do humor. Yeah. And I think that'll help. Yeah. It really will. Um, that action shot of Wonder Woman in this trailer was just incredible. I loved it. Yeah. Um, that, that gets me even more excited for her movie. Yeah, yeah, no I doubt. Mean, yeah. <laughs> um, just the, you know, the, the turns of phrase here and there, like the, the bit between Flash and, and uh, Batman, you know, is which, you know, what's your superpower? I'm rich. Um... Straight out of Grant Morrison, Batman, I just want to mention, by the way. Yeah, I really <laughs> like the, the interchange between Batsy and Flash. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys have to say about it? Positive. It's awesome. Um, I think it was a poor done movie. I hated the third act. <laughs> uh, the capes were just so dark. I didn't like it. Um <laughs> Are you channeling your inner Aaron Newworth right now? The dog, the dog. He's the internet. He's speaking for the internet right now. He's the oracle of the internet, yeah. The dialogue was terrible, you know, and I hated the ending. (laughs) The The most horrible piece of crap movie I've ever seen. More importantly, how am I going to take my kids to this? I, I can't take my kids to it. Snyder, and ain't no Superman in it. And no Superman in it. Superman. I don't. I don't want. And then the, the. Oh my God. I'm rich. That's your superpower. How dare they copy uh, Tony Stark, the only white rich superhero ever? I How dare they? You mean the one that came along about almost thirty years after Batman was created? Oh that? my! Don't get me started. Make mine Marvel. Be quiet, people. Here's the deal. I um, I, the thing I've been reading on the internet is that because there are a couple of wisecracks in the trailer now, like, ooh, DC's copying Marvel now and doing a lighter tone. Oh, and, you know, come on, they're comic book characters. characters. I know, and I'm, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, that's what I'm reading online. That's like the backlash to the trailer that I've seen from the fanboys online. Is that you know? Oh, they're they're just ripping off Marvel. They're you know doing the Avengers thing. Everybody's getting you know have these little jokes and stuff and. I'm sorry, but if they think comic characters making wisecracks is a copy and only Marvel has the market cornered there, then they're not fanboys. So I would not use that term with them. They're they're idiots. But I well, my my biggest you know one of my biggest gripes of Batman v Superman was how self-important it was. You know how bloated, and that's the Zack Snyder thing. He had the same problem with Sucker Punch. 
They had similar problems in Watchmen. It's just very, very heavy and self-important. I think having a few wisecracks, having you know, showing a more human side to the characters is going to be a good thing for this movie. Exactly. Uh, if anything, you know, I mean, and, and you know, saying, I don't, I, you know, and the other big criticisms I've seen have been about the costumes, like Flash's costume looks like armor, blah 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 blah. But, and it's pointing to his ding dong. Yes, Jim. the area, the arrow goes right to his crotch. Yeah, can't have that. That's the fake Flash. I don't want that Flash. He's fake. And, and the, uh, yeah. the the people have also said uh, Cyborg reminds him too much of Iron Man, especially the part where his face gets covered by his own tech and stuff. Yeah, like when what did they when did they get an armored person all of a sudden? They're copying off of Marvel, of course. Obviously, like when did that happen? <laughs> when did they get superpowers? Oh my god, I'm classic Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you laugh, but back in the fifties, I think it was DC who tried to, or maybe it might have been Marvel who tried to copyright the term superhero, so the other, oh, so the other company couldn't that was, use it. I think that was DC. This yeah. Wonder Woman person, just like Black Widow. Why are you copying? <laughs> right. No, no, Black Widow ain't no bulletproof. Uh, uh-uh. uh, she ain't the she ain't the half daughter of a god. I listen, I, Chubb, calm it down, okay. Don't be a DC guy. Holy Hippolyta. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it was it was a trailer. There were some heroes. I obviously it's gonna be the worst movie of the year. Obviously. Oh, the worst. I mean, All from oh. the trailer. Yeah. Take a good look around. And if you're looking down, put a little love in. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, we we haven't got there yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh. We're still talking about the Justice League trailer. I thought yes. the parademons looked cool. I like the way they did those. The, the one that's looming behind awesome. Cyborg's dad was really cool, like popping out of that mother box or whatever. Now these it was. parademons coming from another planet, right? Well, they there's... sound like another alien race that another movie, which was better, by the way, than this movie. <laughs> this movie's yeah. not even out yet, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Said the internet, right? Copycat. Back- you know. And they ha- and those weren't even real anyway, Daryl, because they had to use the Chitari version of it because they couldn't use Scroll because that belongs to Fantastic Four, which Fox owns. So there. Um, excuse me, wow. Chubb, but I I think that Marvel did that first. Okay. I I do believe that Christopher Reeve's Superman was in the seventies, and he 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 came from another planet. What? Uh, Jim, please carry on. Anyway. <laughs> it's annoying me right now. I mean, yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was cool. They had a little flash of Barry in jail, like presumably with his dad. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to go that route. I didn't think they were going to keep that storyline either. But it's interesting yeah. that they did. And then there's also the shot of Mira. Uh, was it Amber Heard? Was playing Mira. Oh my gosh, she did the what? She must have did the tidal wave. I think. Maybe she looks she looks great though. I mean that I mean, yeah. I mean Jerry, you're a resident Mira expert. What did you think? What'd you think? Um, I think she looks, you know, subpar for you know a future wife. Is this because they didn't? Is this because they didn't cast you? (laughs) (laughs) I think think it was Smith. What are you talking about? What are you? (laughs) (laughs) Am I insinuating? (laughs) It's interesting because they said. Remember in the movie they're saying that Aquaman doesn't meet 
Mira until the movie, until his movie. Oh, well, then she, yeah, she looks fine for some skank from Atlantis. Yeah, she looks great. <laughs> skank from Atlantis. <laughs> My thing is... Premiering this fall on the CW, the skank from Atlantis. She looks the Jason Momoa fan I'm just not an Amber Heard fan. I have never been an Amber Heard fan. I just don't think she is as great as they make her out to be as an actress. Yeah, she's she's kind of mad. But I mean, is she some like I said, some skankfish women around Atlantis? I'm fine with her. Yeah. (laughs) I think I think this is going to be almost as bad as putting January Jones as uh, Emma Frost. That was. You know what? I want to find out first. I know I want to find out. I know that. We will see. Yeah, we will see. I want to know. That casting just seems a little fishy. Oh, oh wow! Aren't you damn girl? Girl, put them clothes. Aren't you clever? I'm not trying to make waves. I'm not trying to make waves. Stop trying to say. Stop drowning us in puns. All right, please. Thank you. Um, if you want to see the little teaser tree, uh, trailer previews and the trailer itself, they're all right there on the DCTV podcast uh, Facebook group. Please do so, and then tell us what you think. Um, since we're hit. We're hitting the news real quick. I wanted to mention that they announced a Batman and Harley Quinn animated feature uh, produced by Bruce Tim, And the art art is looking very Timverse-like. I mean, it, I it's definitely... So. Well, it's definitely the Bruce Tim version of uh, 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 um, of Harley. You know, the Harley Quinn. Right. Who's doing the voices? Um, to, just the image has hit the web so far. It's on the DC I'm TV thinking if it's through. Bruce Tim, they'll try to get the point. It comes from the iTunes Extras page for the Teen Titans Judas contract, yeah. which is coming out. There's no official release date yet, uh, but mm-hmm. Paul Dini is also going to be serving as an executive producer on the project. Sweet! Um, so, that should be interesting. I'm sure we'll get more uh, details as uh, oh, I'm sure. as events warrant. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, it's weird. It's keeping with their thing of like every other animated feature being a Batman thing, though. Have you noticed that? Like every yeah, other... That's the seller, man. That's you know they got to go with the hot hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. We also got a picture of Felicity in her suit, you know, as we'll talk about on Legends of uh, Legion of Doom. Have the Spear of Destiny in her now in control of reality, and Felicity, Felicity is a superhero in uh, that uh, from Paley Fest. Uh, the DC oh, is that TV what that's event. from? I, you know, I totally didn't get a chance to even look where that came from. I was like, why did Felicity have a suit? And by the way, if uh, if you have Hulu, all that Paley Fest stuff is available. Uh, interviews with yep. um, the Arrow uh, producers and Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Supergirl and uh, and the Flash. So check yeah, all that out man. if you're fans of the shows like we are. I mean, absolutely. That's right. Uh, I think that's about it for the news. Um, well, did we get into how they're pausing for a minute? Like they're pushed about the shows themselves, like the well, schedule, the, the movie stuff. Like they're not uh, the. Uh, in the flash kind of in flux right now for now i didn't hear about that like they're kind of not they well that seems to be the direction they're going into to pull back on on uh, when they're going to do the flash movie and pull back on the cyborg movie and um, right now for sure aquaman uh wonder woman supposedly shazam because the actor said it yeah um uh, and Batman is pushed back to well, 2000. 
18. Huh? I'm sorry. I know Aquaman got Billy Tan as the director, so they're, they're, that's moving forward. Wonder Woman is in post-production. Well, they've been shooting and everything. Like that's, yeah, yeah. You know, Aquaman right. has been the one that hasn't had too many issues. Like right. That's been kind of just moving along at a steady pace. The test footage looks pretty interesting, too, the way they uh, yeah. uh, uh, do the underwater scenes. So. Right, right. In Wonder Woman, we know it's finished. I mean, that's they they did any reshoots they needed to do, they already did that. Yep. And it's done. They're just cleaning it up and getting it ready for the summer. That's pretty awesome. Right, right. But the the only ones that were in kind of there, they kind of stopped was right after the you know they said that they're pushing back the Batman well, uh, after they got the director. Hmm? I remember back when they released that whole slate. It wasn't like a, two, a year or two ago. They're like, well, this is we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and yeah. like we're going to announce like twelve movies. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all at once. And I, I think I said at the time, well, I'm sure this all depends on how Batman v Superman does, you know, right? This all depends well, on how Justice League does. They're going to, you know, tail, they're going to scale it back if it doesn't, produ- you know, perform the way they wanted it to. And sure enough, it's a dumb move. It was like, you didn't, it was, it was definitely not a move that I could see probably, um, the corporate dude saying, let's, that, let's that announce all this stuff. That was somebody was high up in marketing for, Warner Brothers that was like they get in a panic they see what Marvel's doing and all that because I will say this whether you like Marvel or DC movies better or worse you know whichever your preferences I think they're all pretty good but I mean Marvel does a Disney itself does a far superior way to mark they market way better than anybody else does in Hollywood I mean they get the timing right the products right all of that stuff. So, I mean, I can see why they wanted to try and play that game, but man, be yourself. Do what you're yeah. going to do. We'll come and it only you. works because they've had all those years and they had the, you know, they had Iron Man. It wasn't like they were putting out all this stuff if right Iron, away. Like if Iron Man, right, if Iron Man had bombed, we would never have gotten any of that. No, it would have been a, you know, because Hulk didn't do as well as they wanted it to that's, do. That's so that true. was a pause for them. That's why you don't have another Hulk movie. Right well, now, Jerry. We, I'm sorry. I, I think you know we got talked over. Did you want? You, oh, Jerry. Sure. No, I was just saying they had the momentum to build upon. Mm-hmm. Marvel had stats. They had the numbers. They had the fan base, and they built upon it. But that was a step by step process. Right. That's how the Avengers came into place. They methodically placed these little pieces in place and let it, you know, move forward with momentum. Mm-hmm. You see, you can't, you can't just see all this happen and say, "Hey, yeah, let's do that." Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, like, in Fairness, Warner Brothers kind of tried that. I mean, they wanted Green Lantern to be their Iron Man. They just missed the mark terribly. And then, you know, I mean, then Man of Steel, which I think is a great film, but I thought was good. It's not the opinion of most. I think Daryl's with me on that, but you know, that was hopefully going to save it, and it didn't. You know, so I mean, now they're just like, well, you know. To hell with it. Let's just go balls to the wall, and they're just throwing things out there and gonna just go with what sticks. I think, and, well, that's why they had to stop because they were having the issues that they did, and I I prefer it. Like it's not a first of all, it's not a team. I'm not like it's not something where you sit there rooting for a team. I think people get that misconception and get a little too uh, excited about it, okay. rooting against or rooting for. I, you guys, I'm just looking at it from 
these movies, right? That's, that's where I am too. I want good movies. DC, Marvel, right. Image, Valiant. It doesn't matter if it's a good movie. Doesn't I'm matter, there, you know. So the pause, I understand the pause. I understand because they were throwing out so much stuff, and it, and it was like, let's do this. Maybe let's do this. Let's do. This. Well, they like this, so let's do that. And then a point a lot of people miss too is that. Those were the real. That was the first real Iron Man movie. That was the first real Captain America movie. You know what I mean? Right, DC has right. been making movies from Superman and Batman since mm-hmm. you know since Superman the movie. You know, I mean, credible live, you know live action Hollywood style movies. You know, when Marvel burst on the scene like that, it would have been disingenuous for them to just you know do the same thing that Marvel did and try to copy them. And they right. didn't, and they haven't. And I totally agree with Daryl. It would have been a much smarter play to say, okay, here's the release date for Batman v Superman. Here's the release date for Justice League. Let's see what happens from there. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Instead yeah. of like, oh, we're going to have two movies every year for the next eight years, and we're going to have, you know, I mean, when they announced that, you know, the Cyborg movie and things like that, I'm like, really? Do they really think these characters. That's a game really- you can't play. And now yeah. they're in an even. Well, harder they're in an even harder position now because when they were doing the the movie the marvel studios movies there weren't so many comic book movies coming out now yeah. every year like and so many franchises star wars was not out and there are so many other like quote-unquote blockbuster style movies it seems like there's seems like there's one every week there's kong skull island right. and you know the the i mean the logan movie we just got but i mean mm-hmm. you're getting like like the legendary monsters franchise you know bumped up the yes. tom, tom cruise universal monsters thing that they're yep. doing with russell crowe i mean all these different franchises and ips they're just big you know big budget triple a things that are all coming out, you know, one week after the other, pretty much for the, this whole there year. There is one franchise that is a casualty, one comic book franchise that is a casualty of all the superhero movies, uh, comic book movies that are coming out is Hellboy. There is not even going to be a discussion on that. It's done. That's too bad. I would love to see a third it's, Hellboy is, movie because the, the second movie is really underrated. I really love that second Hellboy Two. I agree. Was like super underrated. I mean, Hellboy One was good, but Hellboy Two was even better. I thought. If anything, what's sad is I think Hellboy, out of all comic book movies, I think Hellboy is the one that would have benefited from the Netflix model. And I don't mean it has to be at Netflix, but I just mean yeah, it was the like model it, yeah. of going to TV yeah. because there's so much in that world of of Hellboy. There's so much that they, you know, so many characters in that world that they could use and so much history and stuff that well, you could do. Why, would, why wouldn't they do TV? I mean, maybe they could. Because they're going to have don't... to start all over. And, well, and that... I, I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying that the movie side of it, because you know they don't mix. Movie, what, they don't, let, like, they, you have to change it, everything. Let's pitch hmm? it. Let's pitch it. Oh, sure. I'll like, write it. Because we own Hellboy. I yeah. mean, we can do this. You guys well, I mean, we... You're tight, you're tight with Mike Mignola, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll call him right now. I'll call him yeah. right now. What, what's hey, what, I think what's really sad to me is that there mm-hmm. are really like genuinely interesting superhero properties out there that yeah. would, would make really good TV or movies that mm-hmm. nobody's touching. I can think of like three I or four off the top of my head. Miracle Man would be Nexus would be great. Yeah. A great week to week sci fi show. Grim Jack would yeah. be would be awesome. It'd be yeah. all the cool of Boba awesome. Fett with like a even bigger world. The Badger. Can you imagine <laughs> like somebody like really like off the off the chain like playing the Badger? I mean like there are all these really cool things that would make fun movies that nobody. Well look and, at what's coming though. We I mean yeah. I think if you really look at it with American Gods going to stars, I think that's a 
that's a big deal if oh, it does yeah. well for them. Oh, and it will. Because I mean, that means they'll so branch out. Right. Oh, but, I mean, that's that's a good thing, though, for other properties. Because mm-hmm. if, if American Gods does well, then they, they I would I could see them looking for other things I to bring hardly, to, uh, to stars. That's, that's I can hardly even from... express how mm-hmm. much I am looking forward to that American Gods show. I mean, and if, that is one of my favorite books. I love that book. I, and another thing, if um, if uh, Runaways does well mm-hmm. for Hulu, right? That means Hulu will look for other properties. The, well, we with, we've talked about this on Nothing's On how like Amazon, yeah. Netflix, and Hulu are thirsty for content. They're looking mm-hmm. for they're putting tons right. of money into quality content. I mean, they're making this right. movie bright with Will Smith. They're doing that mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro thing, you know. I mean, to, to, I mean, they paid Chappelle millions uh, for his stand-up specials. They make a billion a month. Yeah, Last projections is they make over a billion dollars, not a not a year, a month. But to keep that wow. going, they have to always have new content, constant stream of new content. Exactly. And to do that, exactly. they have to look for new IPs and new and constantly looking for new you know new things. So and we're going to get it. I mean, we're, we're of course we're going to get into DC TV thing, but I have to, and I know I do. People will be like, I'm the negative. I'm really hard on the the DC TV stuff. It's not. From I don't want it. I want it to fail hard on them, but I, but I do think because they have done better, they can. I think that they can do better than they have been in the past. And I, you look at Iron Fist, and and you look at uh, the recent shows right now on DC TV, and you do see that there are people who are fans of the stuff, not people from the out, not people that have never watched it. And are just hating on the sidelines. I'm talking about people who are been very into this, these shows and enjoyed them are saying, hey, hold up. You know, like the quality for some of these things are coming down. Right. And I think that they're going to hear that. And I, and I hope that that they can branch out to other networks. Like I, there's no reason why all the DC shows have to be on. CW when you could take one to 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 not Netflix or Hulu or Amazon there's no reason they can't do that I'm surprised Constantine hasn't popped up on Netflix to be honest That's what I mean oh, I, wish. I no keep reason. thinking I keep thinking it would you know um, There's no reason he can't yeah, so exactly, far. and like I said, they're they're hungry for content they they'd be yeah. uh, they'd be uh, they'd be grabbing it you know. Um, but I, I I get what you're saying about Iron Fist and stuff, and and there are DC properties. I mean, Lucifer and uh, and mm-hmm. Gotham are both on Fox, so I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's it's it's a, it's a I think the DC shows are almost like a wider spectrum than the Marvel shows on Netflix. Yes, like the Marvel shows on Netflix are very the street level heroes, and they're great. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I'm not slamming on them at all because I've loved every one. Iron Fist has well, probably so been defenders. the weakest, but it's yeah, but it's like. Um, yeah, but I think the DC. I mean, Lucifer is a very different show than Supergirl. You know, right. the Flash is a very different show than Gotham. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're very. I don't know. They're very much to themselves. And but I a see lot of a similar. There. I see a similar thing because I we're watching all of this stuff. There are pat. There are lazy patterns that are starting that I see in yeah, in, in shows in the Netflix side with the Marvel shows and the CW side with the. The DC shows, there seems to be, they are both falling under the same thing of people in TV thinking they have to continue the same beats for everything. 
And these are different characters. Like, Luke Cage shouldn't have the same beats as Iron Fist. And Daredevil shouldn't have the same beats as Jessica Jones. Because when they, I think the people that are unhappy with some of it, and I'm one of them, it seems to be when they follow the same beat with the same shows. And I, and I, I see that too many times where you get wasted episodes, not the singing one. The musical one is just, just them doing something different. Actually, that's something different than the norm. But I mean, in terms of there are episodes where it feels like there's nothing happening in the episode and it, and the stories are not very strong. And the way that I even hear other people, uh, saying the same things we have, uh, on other, um, news networks and stuff about, why does uh certain characters, female characters especially, why are they suddenly becoming weaker characters because they're in relationships? Like it's not just coming out of the it's not just coming out of nowhere that we feel this way. We're not right. the only ones feeling that way about these characters that we enjoyed when they were introduced. So it's just it it there is an issue. Like with so much coming out, so much content like just being poured out there does seem to be kind of a, a weakening on the writing side because there's so much stuff, just so much content just just coming at us. I yeah. think it's hurting some of these shows. It's it's interesting, though. I mean, they do these crossover episodes, and there's a definite spike in the ratings. I'm looking at the ratings right now, and the highest rating for the year, of course, was the four-way crossover where they had, you know, 4.15 million on Flash. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, but there's it's like I, comics now. It's like they like the crossover problem. Like we love crossovers and they do spike sales, but, but we notice them that all the, the time. stories are weaker yeah. every time there's a crossover because of how much it's done. There's a it seems to be weaker now. The 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 stories are weaker and weaker as it goes. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you, like I said, if you want to look at that trailer we were talking about or any of the other things we've been talking about, just go to DCTV Podcast, join the group there on the Facebooks. Facebook's very popular with young people, as far as I understand. Yeah. New thing. That's this new thing. It's replacing, what? uh, it's replacing MySpace. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. I know. If, if, if I just got good. MySpace page all blinged out. I know. Oh, I, I just moved all my stuff from GeoCities. Uh, I just left Black Planet. That was my... Thing. Is this like one of those forums online? Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, I was those on chat Usenet. Rooms? Is this... I was on Usenet. Oh. Let's uh, um, let's let's talk about uh, Supergirl. Let's start with her. We we're not the, we're not the musical yet, so everybody get your you know, rest your no. voices a little bit, you know, stretch. <clears throat> get ready. Um, I'm yes. seeing all of my reviews, so you can just just quit that right now. Uh, okay. Hey, know. well, hey, whatever you do, what you feel. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. Hey, no, no argument here, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's called Starcross Season Two, Episode Sixteen. Monel's parents are are here to pick him up, guys. <laughs> yeah, mommy, Danny, stop embarrassing me from a girl. Leave the car running, honey. We're just gonna be in and out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk to my friends. Kyle, you just don't understand. We're in love. Um, the Daxamites, uh, played by Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo, uh, Monel's parents, the, the king and queen of Daxam, yeah. um, are come come to uh, take Monel back to make Daxam great again. <laughs> and to yeah. lose the. Um, 
Uh, Hold Jackson, up, message. Jacksonites come to Earth, and they demand yeah. that the humans relinquish their prisoner, Monel. <laughs> And uh, Mono just, of course, immediately surrenders. Uh, he wants to go alone, but Carrot goes with him anyway and finds out that Mono is actually the Prince of Daxum, which becomes the whole crux of this damn episode. Is You lied to me. You kept that from me. How could I love you if you keep secrets from me? That was such a secret, man. I couldn't oh figure it out. Oh, my God. Get the that hell was such over a hard stuff. That was a complicated story, man. They surprised me. But anyway, the big Daxamite invasion ship is commanded by his parents, as I said, Terry Hatcher and mm -hmm. Kevin Sorbo, uh, right. Lois and Hercules. Uh, they want him to lead his people and rebuild Daxam. Uh, Kara becomes angry with Monel for lying to her. Did oh. you see the scene? I mean, he left a slave girl in his bed and just ran off and left her to die. And yeah, I know. Stepped over all these bodies of people. Like, I, wow. I mean. He and, stole and the crib. Are you one, all right? He stole, oh, the yeah. one, he stole the one ship. <laughs> one crib. Yeah, like, shot a dude. Shot the, 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 the ambassador to, to Krypton. Shot the dude and took his ride. Yep. He got the, wow. hell, out, got the hell out of there. Well, when you think of a good boyfriend, that's my idea, one. Hey, he's, at least he's resourceful. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He'll get home all right. Uh Kara and Monel return to Earth. Uh he apologizes a bunch. And mm -hmm. uh but she ends up uh she eventually ends the relationship. More oh C my goodness. More CW stuff. You, uh, well I mean who cares about attention with a knife. Jim, who cares about the planet and saving people with we you know with evil Cadmus out there and everything? Who cares about any of that stuff? When we got to talk about Kara relationship, but our relationship. What about our relationship? Yeah. Breakups are real, okay? These problems are real. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mansplain. I'm was it sorry. was it Dawson's Creek oh. enough for you, Jerry? <laughs> oh, it was all of the Dawson's. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got a job. I'm just saying, y'all got a job, right? Special cameo by Katie Holmes. <laughs> And Babe is a liar too. There's there, people just lying all up in their relationships. When, when will honesty become a thing in these relationships? I don't these kids? Know. I don't know. Honesty isn't a thing anymore. Period. Have you met our president? Hey, 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 whoa, hey. Whoa, whoa. Uh, let, would you calm down the CW it's, hammer? Yeah, it's please. not it's the not, political it's, stuff. It's not the Washington D.C. TV podcast. Sheesh, okay. man. I think it should be. <laughs> It'd be a totally different God, show, boy. Uh, Monel depends, demands his parents leave him and the Earth. God, you don't understand. Just go away. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Wynn and alien girl Lyra break into an art museum to, to get it on. <laughs> mm -hmm. That turns... whole storyline, even though he was funny in it, mm -hmm. just was stupid. I hated that storyline. Uh, well, oh. when Xander hooked... I'm sorry. But did I say <laughs> you mean Zander? I mean, when? Yeah. There was really the, yeah. When, when Wynn there. hooked up with the demon girl, I mean, no, the alien girl. Mm -hmm. And she kept a secret from him. <clears throat> Watched Buffy, season three. Watch or, it. Or wait a minute. What, what, I thought it was more the tech guy getting in love with the dangerous girl who's actually a criminal, a, a la Cisco, <laughs> on The Flash. 
I see. Uh-huh. It's all Buffy. Though. I see your Sorry, parallel too. I see your yeah, it just too. repeats. It's just all repeats. All the cycle of Buffy. It's a circle of yeah. Buffy. It's a cycle of Buffy. It's <laughs> all a pattern. It's like the Matrix. We're living in the Matrix, the man. The is the Matrix. The circle of yeah. Whedon. The circle of Whedon. It's. I'm telling yeah. you. Um, hey, hey. Anyway, he gets set up uh, by L- uh, Lyra. See, her name even sounds like Liar. Lyra, Lyra. Yeah, it does. <laughs> he gets set up for. I but I kept thinking Lycra, like the material Lycra. Lycra, yeah. Oh. He gets uh, Lycra lies too, but go ahead. He gets framed for an art theft, and he gets arrested by Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um. Alex convinces Maggie to give them 24 hours to prove Wynn's innocence. 24 hours. I'm sorry, but any museum that is housing anything of the level of Starry Night would have had a much more sophisticated security than was shown there. I mean, oh, I would have had security guards. I worked security. There's not a night. They buy, they actually hire security guards. Right. It's just not. Yeah, that was dumb. I mean, this ain't your kid's finger painting hanging on the refrigerator. This is some serious art. It's well lit, had, and there are security guards. Yeah. They had choices. For millennials to know this artwork, it has to be Starry Night, The Scream, or The Mona Lisa. So oh, it's gonna you, be know one it. you know it. I know. They always steal one of those three, isn't it? It's always like mm-hmm. one of those. Always. It's almost. Always. Always. And, then, and if you watch 60s or 70s TV, it's always The Mona Lisa. Like, mm-hmm. almost yes. always. Almost well, yeah, always. I mean, Doctor Who made Starry Night popular again with the Doctor right. Who version of it. Yeah. What three artworks are universally known? Those three, that's it. That's or, pretty much it. Or they'll, or they'll, they'll name-check Picasso, but not show a Picasso. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> do, we do we know abstractly what Picasso is? <laughs> Crazy. I just heard that name once. Hey. I heard It's really good on pasta, right, Picasso? I just um, watched something that had a Jackson Pollock in it. What was it? Oh, The Accountant. That was good. Nice. Um, stick to the they find a no. capture. They find a capture Lyra, and then she reveals that her brother Bastian. This is a never-ending story now. Mm-hmm. Bastian. Oh, it was a large, large. It was a large sum of money to a smuggler named Mandrax. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good uh, space name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This is like the third time she's uh, stolen a painting now to pay down Bastion's debt. Uh, when Freeze Lyra as part of a sting operation. The Guardian and the DEO confront and arrest Mandrax. Guardian gets his ass handed to him again. Again. And they free Bastion. Every time he's in a fight, he just gets his ass whooped. Every time. Mm-hmm. Has he ever, like, won a fight? No. On the show yet? I haven't seen it. Um, when later forgives uh, Lyra's dishonesty, the DEO has captured a new alien at the end of the episode who hypnotizes Kara with weird uh, contact lens technology <laughs> and right. escapes to Earth-1 to fight Barry. Uh, Kara wakes up in a hallucination where she is singing Moon River as a lesson. Moon River. Mm-hmm. Wider than a mile. I give this episode. I give this episode. I will give Okay. Ciao. Okay. That's enough, man. Okay. God damn. So I give this episode a C. It was just very CW for CW. (laughs) It was just 
to CW. Yeah. And the whole Lyra the alien like being you know dishonest or having another angle, I knew that was coming. I was just waiting for that shoe to drop. Well, off. yeah, Anya, they, I knew Anya would him do up, this. You know? <laughs> Anya is that way. Oh, I'm sorry, Lyra, Lyra. No, Anya. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I got I... that wrong too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I'm okay. confused. Now, now I'm yeah, confused. even Anya wasn't even from the same place. They thought like Anya had a different uh, a background. He thought she was human and she wasn't, and she lied to Xander. But then she fell in love with him. And that happens. And changed her ways. So I get right. this. I get this, this is episode. all real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh gets a heavy C for me. I mean, it's just connected. It's just we knew what was going to happen. Trace the previous plots of other shows and just that's exactly what this did i too will give it a c for cw but also see what happens next in the flash because that's where it gets awesome i'll smack you in your face i shall see review so if you can all just you know be quiet while i murder prince and the revolution song parody (laughs) ready Thank you. This can be sung in the voice of Wynn or Kara. Okay, so use your imagination. Okay. But not Prince. Not, not Prince. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait, baby, baby, baby. For me, well, it's a sea. <laughs> Beautiful unsell dupe you every time. Okay, that's it. There we go. Bravo. Excellent work. Bravo. Excellent work. Okay. Well, as uh, Jerry has alluded to with her review of Supergirl, let's move on to Duet, the musical crossover episode of The Flash with Supergirl. Okay. Settle it, Daryl. I know. I know. know. We got to have a big opening number. (laughs) Big and splashy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Those are not jazz hands. These are jazz hands. Okay. I could choke him, Jim. I'd choke him right now. The Flash episode starts with uh, John John Jones and uh, Monel arriving on Earth with Kara. In Monel's arm, or in, uh, was John carrying her? Because it, it was the same pose as Crisis. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, it was. Or when he said the portal, he was holding her, and it was holding her the why same Why couldn't way. they have just hide? Like, why couldn't they have had, Cat, had Superman come back for this? I mean, it, they weren't going to use superpowers anyway, right? Like, you couldn't have hired him just to, Maybe he can't to sing. shoot the scene. Yeah. No, no, he wouldn't sing. I mean, he would be like John. He would be like John uh, did too. John just stood there. He didn't really do anything. Like so, it would have been cool to see him carrying. Well, and then you know you can have douchey uh, Monel come too. But it would have been cool to to have Superman like holding her and bringing her through the portal. One of my favorite parts of this episode was the cro- kind of. Weird team up of like Kid Flash and Monel and John Jones. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they were stuck on the other yeah. side, you know, waiting for them to get done with their musical. I wish they <laughs> would Cisco. have. I would have loved to have seen And that. Cisco, <laughs> like the part where I love the like my favorite. I think one and you know musical parts aside or whatever. I thought my favorite part that was non-musical was this. Cisco was like, "Look, guy, you know, we have all of superpowers and stuff. You know, you may like want to hang back since you're just a 
regular dude <laughs> to to John, and yeah. then John just turns into the Martian man, and he's like, "Okay then." <laughs> that was that was, a, that was a great moment. I love that. Um, just a regular dude. Kara's in a, is comatose, um, and they put you know they sit her on a stretcher, and the Barry's like, "And who are you exactly, Demonel?" And he's like, "I'm her." Boyfriend, friend, boy, and then John's like, I thought you guys broke up, and he's, you know, very CWE moment there. I noticed in the middle of, like, a medical crisis, <laughs> ostensibly. Um, and this dude shows up at, uh, at Star Labs, who, like, kind of challenges Kid Flash and Flash in, in their own place there. He kind of calls Kid Flash out on being scared from being in the Speed Force, like, he knows a oh, lot about shook. them. Yeah, he was shook. Yeah, he was still afraid. Yeah. And uh, he puts Barry into the same coma that uh, Kara's in. Uh, Barry wakes up in a musical world <laughs> and finds Kara. Um, the Meister tells him if they have to follow the script, they will return to the real world. Oh, and if you die here, you die there. You mean follow the Yelrick Road? No, follow the script. Uh, this part I did, of, you know, I did love the, the, I will have to say, though, the choreography in the fight scenes was yeah. really good. Yeah. The in the, in the beginning, great. I'm going to punch you in your... Mm. The fight scene with the maestro when he when Flash ran on him and how, how he ran fast and through Wally and then when he grabbed um, Barry like that, it was it, I, I did enjoy the choreography with that. I have to give them that. The um, Barry and Kara are forced to work as singers in a nightclub run by Malcolm Merlin. And I like how they just grabbed from Arrow and Legends and, you know, all the... All they the brought the ringers shows. in. Yeah. They brought their ringers in. They knew who, totally. who the strong singers were, who were can, in, who and they can keep sing. the right, exactly. Man, John Barrowman can sing. Man. Dude, you. yeah, you can. And so, so can, he's a Broadway dude, too. So, so can Jesse Martin, you know, so mm-hmm. can Broadway. Broadway. So can Broadway. Victor Garber, you know. And so can Cisco. I mean, or, um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Carlos, yeah, Carlos a Valdez. A lot of the Broadway guys, they were Broadway yeah, Carlos Valdez has his own band called The Los. Yeah, he's like um, a well, he's got the hair. I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, he also, um, I guess he did, like, some musical Kickstarter with uh, Rick Cosnett and uh, Jesse L. Martin. Um, that uh, they sang uh, the Serenity theme together in three-part harmony. It's on YouTube if you want to look it up. It's like a serenity theme, Jesse L. Martin. You should be able to find it. Anyway, they're all very good singers, as we mentioned. And uh, Barry and Kara have to work as singers in a nightclub run by Merlin. Wynn is working as a piano player. Cisco is a waiter with a dream. <laughs> Someday I'm going to make it big. And uh, Stein and Joe are two gangsters who oppose Malcolm. Uh, Barry and Kara find Malcolm's son, who happens to be Monel. And Stein's and Joe's daughter, Iris, in a forbidden relationship. Brown chicken, brown cow. So you can see Monel and Iris making out. If you're, that's if that's your uh, you know your shipper fanfic that you were working on. You got it. Right <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. That's like multiple chapters in Jerry's fan fiction book. Uh, Kara and Barry. Apple. Kara and Barry convinced the pair to reveal their love, and that helps Barry and Kara realize their own mistakes in their own relationships. Yeah, because they were that, you know, clueless. Uh, Malcolm, Stein, and Joe subsequently decide to go to war. 
Uh, Barry and Kara are shot in the crossfire, but the real Cisco, Monel, and Iris vibe into their world to save them, and they allow mm. allowing Barry and Kara to admit their loves for Iris and Monel. They all wake up in Star Labs. The Meister reveals that he just wanted them to realize their love for one another. Kara's team goes home to Earth-38, and Barry and Iris move back in together. He, he proposed, you know what's weird about this is it took a CW villain having a CW moment with our CW lead characters telling them to stop being so CW all the time. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Hashtag CW, CW Inception. <laughs> yeah, that's not meta. I don't know what is. It's like, look, I'm sorry. I know this is a CW and I'm hired by CW to be CW, but this CW is way out of CW hand. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was layers upon layers of CW. Now, the actual singing, I didn't mind. I'm not really a musical guy. You know, I don't out and out hate them like other people on the show who remain nameless. Um, <laughs> but I don't really music li- comes from the heart. Man. I really it don't. Comes from the heart, yeah. I really don't like musicals. I don't hate them. I just feel kind of neutral about them. And I thought the singing was fine. And I really liked the period clothes, man. Those were some sharp ass yeah. clothes. Um, that dress that Kara was wearing was, was I love that that old style with the. You know, the cut uh, shoulders and the long gloves. I really like that style. Those suits those dudes are wearing were real sharp. The production values are really cool for the musical dimension or whatever. I mean, they had that kind of wash on the the, uh, video. I don't know if you noticed or not, that kind of lighting to make it kind of seem... Right. No, it was very um, Gene Kelly. It was very, like, like, that kind of period. Yes. Yeah, like... Oh, it was lots of throwback, you know, homages. I mean, the the Stair Rogers stuff, all of that was really, really good. And they had a song called Super Friends, which I laughed at. I thought that was funny. That was great. Um, I'll be your super friend, so... Uh, Aw, Jim, thanks. (laughs) We're all super friends. Uh, we, my fr- <laughs> it's still not as good as the song they sang on The Simpsons where all the nerds on their bikes singing together. We are the super friends. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? No. Like a- no. Yes, yes. That's what it is. It's that there was no like, standout, oh my god, this is like a pivotal song, I'm going to have this in my head. Like That's the one thing I would have wished for this. And, mm-hmm. it, and you know, I know um, Daryl made the Buffy comparison for Supergirl, but this just reminded me of Once More with Feeling. But Once More with Feeling was a far better done episode than this. Yeah. I have. Yeah, I, it, I mean, say, I appreciate that this, but it was not Once More with Feeling. I'm sorry, Jerry. They what? Made everybody, in Once More with Feeling, they made everybody sing, like from the bottom to the top. Like they didn't just bring the ringers from other shows and stack the deck in their singing favor. They they kind of cheated on this one. In that regard, yeah, I see what you're saying. But then again, when you have all of that singing talent, and you're going to do music, you know, across your shows, and you're going to do a musical episode, it would, you know, it'd, I think it'd be kind of foolish not to bring in all your ringers. And That's all why singing, I wish know. we would have got what I really wanted, and I wanted a four episode singing crossover. Oh, uh, that one, no, that would have been too much, man. It's never no. Allow it. I'm okay with this as like a one-off thing. Like, oh, that's cute, great, you know, it was nice, and it was cool. I like how they're being inventive with the crossovers and not just doing the same thing every time when they do crossover. It's it's nice to have them change it up, you know. And um, the only thing that really I think that really bothers me the most about this, and it's a continuity problem, oddly enough, is that if you think about it, Music Meister is now the most powerful dude. 
Mm-hmm. Right? In the Arrowverse, he seems like pretty much omnipotent. I mean, he seems like on a mis- like a Mister Mix's Pidlick uh, scale. Exactly what I thought about. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He just seems like Break a zoo. And you know, the music meister referred to it as Earth One, so he is in the Arrowverse. You know, it just seemed like um, it just seemed way overpowered. You know, but I mean, that's the thing that probably bothered me the most about it. I, mean, I thought it was kind of cute, and, and the music was well done enough, and everybody you know acquitted themselves well enough singing, and you know, it, it was fine. It's not something I would want like four episodes of, though. Okay. Um, Let's bring out some letter grades. Well, I give it an A minus. I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. It gets the minus because it didn't live up to my expectations of once more with feeling that Buffy gave me twenty years ago. So, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And Daryl, I wanted to Daryl put, sit put all a little love in your heart. Put a little love <laughs> in your heart, sir. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna pile hate on it. I'm not gonna pile hate on it, but I'm gonna be honest about it. I just, I think what bothered me about this episode is what bothers me because they, because of the problem with a lot of these superhero TV shows is that they waste too many episodes. Like if they were consistent in keeping the story moving, I could give or take one or two where they do something like this. But on a show where they have wasted, that Monel thing is my example of a wasted episode with the parents coming. Like, there's nothing really that added to the plot with anything of what's going on with the show. So it just didn't feel like it mattered. This episode definitely didn't feel like it mattered. The only thing that came out of this singing episode was besides people enjoying the singing which is fine because none of them are bad singers is they put flash and and um and uh, uh iris are back together but i mean is that why we had this whole episode was just to get two people who were already still in love to forgive each other like that's it. Like that's the weight of it. When we've been going through a whole thing of we don't know who Avatar, was Savitar is. We don't know what the deal is with Wally really still because he's still out of it. We don't know if what you call it is is evil or not. H H R. Like there still seems to be something creepy about him. Like Jesse's gone. We still don't know what's going on with Caitlyn. Like that stuff is all in the air, and you waste the whole episode just to give us. Two people that are obviously in love with each other to just say, you know what? I was wrong for what I did. Let's get back together. That's your weight of it. Like that's your whole point of it. It just that, that stuff like that bothers me because it's like a waste. You are because I, they just have wasted so many episodes on these shows. I feel like you have it in reverse. They announced that they were going to do the musical episode last year or last season, right? Mm-hmm. They did. So it was, just a, it was just a ploy of breaking them up so they could do have an excuse to do the musical episode. So it's kind of in reverse. Like, it wasn't here to get them back together. It was, oh, we have to do a musical inter- in, uh, episode anyway. Why don't we use this ploy to get them back together? I don't think but they broke them up. But it just seemed wasteful. Like, what have, I think would have been, instead of wasting time with that Mixoplex episode, right? 
if you knew you were going to do the same type of thing, yeah. This would have been a better Mixoplex episode than that. Like, if you're going to have it where the uh, omnipotent uh, entity comes in and forces their, you know, like, comes in and captures them and they have to find a way to get out of it, it was the same thing with Mixoplex. But this one, at least, he wasn't evil trying to do something to her. He was just trying, right. he, the guy was trying to encourage them. I don't mind that yeah. one if you'd taken away the Mixoplex out of it and had this because it just makes a click just happened like that episode just came well, the on so, just happened it's like they broke them up just to get them back together like yes just, like, everything was just one episode. So, at least it was a couple episodes too right it was Not placed different. in such a bad yeah it, it placed in such a bad time of this yeah. season like i just it just i agree it was it, too it was too similar to mixes uh pitlick you know i mean it was too similar too soon like you even know, once more that with was feeling. that was bad scheduling, you know. Right. But right. I mean, it, as, it, as far as like, I, I I realize that this episode doesn't advance the plots of either show, you know, as far as we'd like or whatever. And I think part of that has to do with the problem we've also talked about before about the twenty-three episode season yes. being too long and too many episodes, and you know they yes. should break it up a little bit, you know. And then Netflix with the shorter seasons is kind of moving in the right direction in, in that regard. But I mean, I didn't really, I didn't mind that. I, I think it's fine for them to have a one-off episode like this once in a while to do something goofy or, or cool. But I, I totally get what you're saying about him, you know, about it being. I mean, Mixus Pitlick was what just last week or week before? Yeah. It was two yeah, weeks ago. Back, yeah. I mean, and, and this is the same kind of thing, the same kind of villain. They should have just folded that character into this, you know, and, yeah. and had Darren Chris be, you know, Mixus Pitlick. I mean. I, I don't know. It just seemed like too too similar. I, I get what you're saying there, but I mean, as far as them having a little fun and having an episode like this, I real I didn't mind it so much. You know, not not as much as you know as as it seems to bother you that it hasn't advanced the uh, story arc enough. You know, it'd be unfair of me to grade this because I am just so not <laughs> into musicals. So I don't want to pile on with that. It's just unfair you know, to me. Great. Give it a like check, said, check minus. <laughs> like I said, they Incomplete. singing like none of them are bad singers. Like none of them are bad singers. None of the stuff in the like they're, they're good singers. It was a cute little story. I mean, there's nothing really much to it than that. Like it was a cute little story. It had to. So where they were going with it, it it they did what they wanted to do with it. Like, they wanted to have a cute little story with the singing, and it didn't really matter about uh, taking the characters any other other place just to get them back together again. It was a cute little thing to get them back together. They did it. So you want to recuse yourself from this episode? <laughs> I recuse myself from giving a letter grade. Fifth, please I will say it passed for doing what it was supposed to. It was like Jim. It passed. Pass fail. <laughs> it passed. Okay. okay. Jerry? Am I ready to sing? Am I ready? Okay. Okay, so this next review is an homage to one of my favorite musicals, Fame. So I'll take a song from that to Butcher once again. I sing my musical review where Music Meister holds all the cards. I toast. This dumb glee reunion, where stars trade dialogue for bars, and Dawson Creek breakups are hard. 
Okay, so B. Because <laughs> I like songs and stuff. Bravo. Well That's done. Fine. You are allowed to like songs and stuff. Thank you. <laughs> it's fine. Wow. Okay. Good stuff. Chubb? Oh, like I said, A minus. A minus. And uh, I'll, I'll take mine from the Go-Go's. I'll give it a B. They got a B. They got a B. Yeah, yeah. they got a B. So I'll give it a B. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first concert, the Go-Go's and the Police. Nice. Yeah. My first concert was Survivor. Oh, dude. I the Tiger, man. Hell yeah. Okay, let's move on to Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, episode 15, Season 2, Fellowship of the Spear. Boy, it sure got quiet out there when I said Legends of Tomorrow, guys. This wasn't that bad of an episode. It wasn't. No, honestly, honestly, for this show, this was actually a decent episode. I mean, no. they went... Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it still was not, you know, great, great, but it was pretty good for what this show is. Sure, yeah. I was actually impressed. Except for they can't pronounce J.R.R. Tolkien's name. <laughs> I was going to mention no, that. There, I was like looking for some references. Tolkien, is that is that established somewhere? Is it Actually, there, there's been a lot of debate over how his name is pronounced. And uh, there are a lot who pronounce it Tolkien. And those of us that read Tolkien look down upon those who call him Tolkien because it sounds ridiculous. It's like say Cthulhu and Cthulhu. So it's like 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 the dummies that say that like I say it with an H, like that's a thing, and uh, the rest of us know it's Cthulhu. Gotcha. Okay. This is like a pineapple and a pizza thing, isn't it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, it's real. It's not? Pineapple looks so good on pizza. <laughs> um, the legends steal the remaining fragments of the Spear of Destiny from Thon, making it whole again. So they got the spear. Uh, the writing on the spear reveals it can be destroyed by the blood of Jizkaz. Uh, Nate reveals that J.R.R. Tolkien has done a lot of research on Sir Gawain, who possessed some of Christ's blood uh, from the whole Holy Grail business. Uh, they find Tolkien in the Battle of the Somme, 1916, World War I. Uh, Tolkien is down with Trenchfoot, uh, but he takes the uh, legends to the grave, and they are attacked by... Damien Dark and Leonard Snart. This was the most interesting part of the episode. They went back and got Snart before he left with the Legends. Right. Yeah. They recruited I him. Like, I kind of like what they were doing with that. And that too. bit with Mick where he's like, you guys see him too, right? <laughs> you know, he, was like, he was surprised everyone else could see Leonard because he sees him you know, as a hallucination. But uh, this is the real deal. I thought that was pretty pretty cool little twist to bring him back, you know. Uh, Tolkien acquires a map before escaping with the others. Uh, Amaya offers using the spear to erase the Legion of Doom from reality, but the others oppose this idea. Why? They've got this huge MacGuffin thingy that can change, rewrite reality. Why wouldn't they? I just, yes. I, I just right. That part I didn't get at all. Uh, using the map and the spear, they, they track the blood to um, the Somme, like the middle of the battlefield. And uh, Rip is able to uh, bluff his, knock out a guy and bluff his way into a temporary ceasefire by quoting Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and that's when the uh, legends acquire the blood of Um Well, 
it was said that Tolkien's inspiration for the the fields near Mordor and also the fall of Gondolin came from this battle. So I I thought that was kind of cool that they threw that out there, but it was a little cheesy at the same time. There were a lot of little nods all through the episode too, you know, to the yeah. movies and books. There's a lot of to Tolkien, yes. Uh, they get <laughs> they get confronted on the battlefield by Dark and Snart. Snark convinces Mick to join the Legion and give him the spear, and he does. And while they're and while they're escaping, and Mick turning on the group was was a really big thing too. I was like, whoa, you know. I kept thinking it was a boy. I kept fake turning. I kept thinking he was he was gonna say, oops, you know, I'm just you know trying to infiltrate, but no, not yet. Which just felt like a repeat of, I hate to say it, but it just feels like a repeat of the previous season when he did the same thing when they... Right, when he was like Kronos. Kronos, Right, when he was Kronos or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right, and I can see him totally flipping again. Damn, I can't Next episode, I can see him flipping next episode because he'll be unhappy with that version of the universe that they're going to create. I I still think it's a ploy. I think he's going to try to convince Snart as to, you know, why they don't need to be there. And he's, I think he's doing this for Snart, not. Yeah, I I really like that's what I'm saying. I thought, I I, I don't even think it's that much of a plan. I just think he said he went along with it for Snart and he didn't, he thought it would be just him and Snart, really. And then when he realized, oh no. I, I think bad guys, you can't even be bad guys. You kind of have to. You have to make sure there's good guys. So he's going to end up having to flip just so he can be a bad guy still at mm-hmm. some point. Okay. Proceed. Okay. I think he's going to get bored. Like Mick will get bored. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He'll, no, it's. He'll get bored in Legion of Doom World. Like, oh, yay, bad stuff all the time, 24-7. No tension. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ gets destroyed, and uh, Malcolm returns with, to Legion of Doom with the Calibros Manuscript, and they use that to activate the spear and rewrite reality, uh, which we will see more of next episode. It's called, oh, yeah. It's called Doom World. Um, so, Legends of Tomorrow, Fellowship of the Spear. I give this one a B. I liked it. It was decent for this for the show. They brought back Leonard Snart, one of my favorite characters. Uh, I like Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell together as a team. They're very good uh, actors to play off, off well another, um, one another well. And uh, I was happy to see them back together. And uh, I thought it was a decent episode, so I give it a B. Yeah, I'm at a B as well, uh, B minus. I'm giving it a B minus, but. Um... It was probably one of the better episodes of the season, but that's not saying much. The guy that had his decision was, I want to use the spear for my own gains to save my friend. I've been going crazy all season with this, thinking I'm seeing him. You know this. You're the leader now. You're the captain. I even side with Vixen to do this. Why would you hand him the spear? towards the end of the episode when you find the blood. Why in the world? A woman as smart as she is. Right. Why would you hand the guy who is who is the least bit on like because agreed with you? He did way. not agree with you. He's he's the one who basically was like, no, we shouldn't do it. We should use it for ourselves. 
Right. Why would you give him the spear when all you had to do was just go and get it? You hold the spear and just take the blood out. It wasn't like it was a gigantic big thing. You cannot trust the whole team. This is something where you have said to us, the audience and the other people in the group, that no matter what, the spear must be protected. We must guard it at all times. It is too dangerous to not be guarded and to protect it. The universe can change. Why in the world would you give it to the the one person you don't trust on the team the most? That great question. My other question was why in the world we go at the exact time in history where there's a battle occurring to try mm-hmm. to get this reliquary recovered. Yep, right. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. We're in a time machine. Why don't we go to the top? No, because, because they wanted they needed to talk to Tolkien. They they wanted to talk to him. Okay, you talk to Tolkien. You got, the, but they take him, got take him with you on the, the time machine. The location, okay? Zoom right. up that time machine, get it wrapped up, go to another time. Okay. Another thing doesn't make any no, sense. No, because then we'd have spaceship Chub, time machines in, in Lord of the Rings, and we can't Chub, have that. Chub, Chub, calm down. Why does the reliquary look like the one from Demon Knight? <laughs> An even easier question is, if the blood of Jesus Christ is put in a vessel that is so weak that any bullet could hit it and open it up, how in the hell can it sit on top of dirt in the most bloodiest war? impervious but not at all impervious that doesn't make any sense i love that it's been there for centuries too it's been sitting there for centuries right they could have gotten it at any point up to that they could have gone up and gotten out that means rain thunderstorms tornadoes bombs horses going all of those things that happened throughout that it could easily be opened just by a bullet hitting it, so it should not be there. It should be. It should be gone. There's no like I thought it would be, and like that little protect thing that she put it in. That thing could have opened up any time. Like that thing could be broken and 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 opened up. That thing is not going to protect unless it's made out of some special. Like if they said it was made out of some kind of special metal or something. Like okay, and and only the chosen one can find it. Like there was something with it where the spear brings it out. Like you can, it's hidden without. That's something you. It's comic booky. You get the red in really quickly. It's not a hard thing to do, but to just have it like just be that easy to get. I just don't like. I just can't. I on a show that if it's written better all throughout the season, I could forgive some things here and there. But for a show that's written as badly as it has been written. It's just another rock added to the avalanche of rocks to show how lazy the writing is for this show to me. You know what I did like, though, is that for all the fan service and the the history nods and everything, they did make it a point to kind of go the other the other way. Like for all this knowledge and these these literary references, let's completely make sure we don't alienate anybody stupid like, if somebody says, way, no way, you've got to say, yes, way, you know, because right. God forbid, <laughs> you know, way and go. Everybody right. knows who Tolkien and that there's a difference to, that, mm-hmm. that some people think Tolkien, you want to call him the Hobbit guy. <laughs> you want to service all yeah. fans, you know, all fans, great and small intellects are represented here, right? You would think. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Yes. Okay. So everybody give it a grade? 
Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm ready to sing. <clears throat> be, let it be, let it be, let it be. This lame sucks minimally. <laughs> be for me. <laughs> All right, that's it. That sounded familiar. It is. It's a little known song. It's kind of edgy uh, and like. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Underground, kind of. <laughs> Okay, doke, let's move on to Arrow. This episode is called Capuchon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You know what, Jim? I can't podcast on this show anymore because I realize I podcast because I like it. <laughs> so I am going wait, to wait, have no, to say no, 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 wait. Before you say that, I have to threaten Jerry's life. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. I have to threaten Go to kill ahead. Jerry and then pretend to kill Jerry and then Jerry won't be oh. dead, actually. But actually, right. still working with me to break yeah. you down. You- but I'm lazy and I want to go get something to eat and I don't want to do this. So I just going to hurry up and admit that I do enjoy podcasting and that's why I do it. And so I have to stop. I can't do it anymore. As Daryl was uh, alluding to this episode, uh, Adrian Chase tortured the living hell out of Oliver, uh, making uh-huh. it to before make- killing his own wife. Right. That's the guy you want to Good listen point. to. The one that killed your own wife. That, hey, he's determined, man. He is determined. Yeah. He gets shit done, yeah. okay? Well, the high, message I like, was magic. Chase 2020, I like okay? Moral, I will right? vote for him in 2020. Yeah. He gets shit done, man. Well, I like how he stands on the high moral ground of... Your I can kill my wife in cold blood because... I'm justified. I'm mad at you yeah. for killing my father for doing evil things. And he did evil things the justification like part of on uh, chase's end is a little like i agree is a bit hazy but i love the way i love the i like this actor i love the fact yeah, that I, they, I love the fact it's a twist that i did not see coming and yeah. i love the way he's breaking oliver down and i think he's probably my favorite villain since Duststroke on this show or maybe yeah. rachel ghoul he but, plays it well he was better than race yeah, I mean, this yeah. episode is, I mean, he's just brutal to Oliver, and it's great the way he plays it off and everything. That, as I mentioned, you know, talking, you know, alluded to before, there's a scene where Evelyn comes in, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he says he's going to kill her if Oliver refuses to do it. And Oliver refuses, Adrian kills her, and then uh, that's like kind of the tipping point, and Oliver reveals that he killed people because he liked it. And that's what Adrian wanted to hear. Turned out Evelyn isn't dead at all, and uh, she's still on Adrian's side, and Adrian lets Oliver go mm-hmm. after that. And then he returns to the Arrow Cave to tell his team uh, that he's going to stop. He's going to end, not be the Arrow Cave. Well, he's after he gave him a bitchin' new tattoo. Yeah, oh yeah, he burned out his Broadfoot tattoo. He burned it out. Oh. Um, the rest of this episode is all flashbacks. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the flashbacks more than the frontbacks. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren was was the main reason I enjoyed them. He's great. Well, yeah, yeah, it's him, man. I mean, that's. Yeah. But I do. I mean, but who didn't? I mean, we did see. I I kind of knew that that I kind like I knew that the whole thing with the break them down would be to accept that he likes killing. I get, I get it, but I think it would have been more impactful for me. If he did not in cold blood kill his own wife and all those other people he's killed too, I mean he said and up, all the other people. Billy's death, right. Uh, right? You know, I mean all the other people he's killed along the way. If he had done all that without killing people, <laughs> he, I think he would have had more. He would have had more of a moral mm-hmm. high ground, you know. 
I think so. Like, I think that's what bothered me about it. That's the only thing out of all of that. If he had only killed, if you look back and go, wait a minute, he only killed villains. Mm. And he did this to him. That's what makes the villain. He's so single-minded that there's literally nothing that he won't do to get what he wants. That's what makes him a master villain. Don't they say all all the best villains think they're the hero? I mean, That's he, true. He, yes. thinks he, he thinks he's doing a heroic thing that by stopping true. Arrow, who killed his dad and who had made him. Is making Arrow is making him do all these things. That's you know true. what I mean? I mean, I mean, you, all my favorite villains, Magneto, and uh, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them. They, you know, is a good example. Uh, they, you know, they, they think they're the hero. You know, they don't think they're the villain. And this is definitely where Adrian Chase is in this. Obviously, they have to have that kind of conviction. They have to be that single-minded that they're completely blind to their own supervillainness. Yep, that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the flashbacks, Anatoly uh, Oliver Stone becomes the new leader, and uh, Kovar buys nerve gas from Malcolm Merlin. Uh, Anatoly learns that Kovar is planning a coup against the Russian government with the nerve gas. And uh, Oliver tortures an operative of Kovar's, and he, you know, this is where he gets the idea that he likes dealing out pain or whatever, because he, like, peels his skin off. Uh, and put it in, I, I forget what country they ascribe it to, but it's something he learned, like a torture technique. And he mentions that he kept doing it even after he got the information. Um, Oliver learns that Kovar invited key government officials into his casino, and he's going to kill them all with the gas. Uh, Oliver convinces Tayana's mother, Galena, to give him the car, her key to the casino. And Oliver and the Bradfa infiltrate the casino. They infiltrate the casino. Kovar learns about the betrayal and kills her. It makes Oliver angry. And he stop, he uh, fails to stop the spread of the gas in time and Victor dies. Uh, Anatoly fails to persuade Oliver from killing Kovar. Uh, the former appoints him as a Bradfa captain. He gets the tattoo to put him in the Bradfa. Uh, Malcolm helps Kovar's operatives revive him. So, I mean, what are the odds we're going to see, like, a dismembered Kovar come back for Oliver? What? Like, next season. I wonder what they would name something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But that's this episode in a nutshell. You get Oliver uh, being tortured into quitting being Arrow, and you get a whole bunch of flashbacks with the Bradfa. So... I guess Oliver Oliver likes killing. Everybody, who knew? I mean, who doesn't? Honestly, I'm, I'm yeah. saying. Well, yeah, I could kill shows right we, now. It is so. Weird. I mean, it, you know what? I it kind of if they had if season three had not happened, is that the one where he quit? Yeah, when it was that bad season where he just went through a whole thing. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yes. Yeah. If they had not, if that season had not happened, mm-hmm. I think this would be even more impactful to me because of him doing of quitting with this because this is a justifiable quit. Right. With all this crazy. No doubt. You got tortured oh. into quitting. The thing is, yeah. though, I mean. I don't know what's gonna if he quits. You know what's gonna end up bringing him back. You know what I mean? If he is, that's the thing. Back. Like you can't run this for too long. I mean, this whole yeah. like he can't quit. And if it ends on a season again of him just saying I can't be Green Arrow anymore, yeah, like how many times can you do that a season? I mean, oh, oh no! Well, <laughs> next episode is called Disbanded. 
and mm-hmm. um, it's, it airs you know, the, uh, next week. But then they're taking a, mon- a month off, so mm-hmm. until the end of April. Well, yeah, they just broke up the band, right? Mm-hmm. So, Daryl has the negotiation records, and he can confirm that next year the band will be back together. <laughs> yes. Well, they've already renewed it for next season, so I mean, yeah. unless somebody else so is Darryl- gonna, so somebody else is going to be Arrow or something, or you know. Well, I looked at the internet, and at the internet as a whole, I can channel the internet, and the internet told me, just like they said Justice League is crap, the internet told me that they will be back together again by next season. That's what the internet you think told it's going to take until will. next season for them to get back together? Uh, I, the internet has told me that Oliver will make a decision that will splinter the group because they will disagree with his decision and the internet and his decision will probably be because he is a captain of the, uh, they're not going to just throw that out there for no reason. He is right. the captain of the, of whatever the bravosh Bratva. the brothers, the brothers. So Bravush he's going like to, that's rushing dinner. for bad wig. No, it's rushing for bad wig. Well, we, <laughs> we're not going to get into Mr. Terrific. We're going to leave that alone. Um, I think they're gonna. He's gonna pull them out and have them help him uh, with this uh, Prometheus, and it's gonna piss everybody off. I can see that be a problem. Jerry, Jim, come, hold on a second, Daryl. Just stay right there. Come over here to Mike Three. I, I think something's wrong with Daryl. He thinks he talks to the internet. Have um, we looked into therapy? Do it. Has HR got a? You know, All right. When I'm right. When I'm right, and you're gonna be like, it's like he's like it's like his Stephen King ability, you know, like even yeah. ever since he was a little kid, he used to he used to be able to channel like AOL, and you yeah. know he he would sit there in the corner as a little kid and go yeah. and do that boot up sound just with his mouth yeah. when he's beatboxing. You got mail. I'm the magical Negro. I'm telling you, yes. I have no prophecy, no and I'm telling you, he's the next he, American gods. He's yeah. going to be the voice of the internet. Yeah. Okay. His name yeah. is Podcast. Yeah. Or, or the, right. Thank you. Because they wouldn't have put that up in our face. Like it even was like, hold on to this till another till the next episode. Like, yes, we put that mark on you because you are you know our captain. No matter, and he's like, I'm not even staying. Doesn't matter. Wherever you go, you are a captain. So. It's going to come back. That that is such a callback. They don't put that out there for nothing, right? Although he never You'll mentioned be... any of this ever before that I can remember. Right, that's why I'm saying it's before the, this it's, season, it's, you know, we had no Bratva at all. Now exactly. nothing, but now nothing but Bratva, wall to wall. Exactly, because you, I would think, because I have a bad feeling though, it could go really wrong if uh, if the daughter, if Talia brings the other assassins to into the city to destroy it. Right? It, like, you know, that's that does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. To punish the city? You mean the League of uh, Assassins is going to come yeah. and attack uh, Star City? Right. Wow, they haven't done that yet. And and they there's no one that can stop them unless Oliver comes back. And the season uh episode 21 as listed on Wikipedia is called Honor Thy Fathers. There we go. That would make sense if it was Oliver and Talia. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Or maybe other Russia just coming back and hitting hard. I don't know. 
<laughs> Father Russia. Right. I don't know. Father Russia. Sounds like a name. If there's a mother Russia, you'd think there'd be a father as well. In Russia, we don't have toilet paper. Not, okay? What a country. In Russia, we mansplain to you. Right. Oh, oh, oh. uh, Do we give letter grades for Arrow? I give it a solid B. I love this villain, so I give it a B. I I could not care about the Bratva less, though. I I really couldn't. I just don't. I give it a B. Yeah. Thank you, I like I like the um, uh, Dolph Lundgren stuff, and I like the villain stuff in this. So, the whole so it's once, twice, three times a B. Yeah. Let's throw it over to Jerry. Okay, I'm ready to sing. <laughs> Do it. So, basically, I wanna I wanna adapt a song by two little-known Russian songwriters, Nikolai Ashford and Valerie Simpson. Okay. So it's, it's a little song, goes like this. Ain't no ballet high, ain't no, I'm sorry, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough to keep me away from you. Baby, though, ain't no mountain high enough to keep him from making a point. Be the boy, he petty. <laughs> See, I threw you off. Threw off with the phrasing and then yeah, settled in. Yeah. I'm- <laughs> I was heard Simpson a Russian, huh? I never knew that. <laughs> oh, well, so I, I, mean, I learned something bad. today. That's great. It's, it's always good to educate yourself. So that's good. Yeah, there's a and actually in Russia, you just we don't just entertain. We also educate with the with the podcast. There you go. So, you know, we give. We give. We keep giving. Oh yeah, be all the way around. Okay, uh, real quick, some housekeeping, just for everyone, to so everyone's on the same page. We talked about this earlier. Um, Supergirl is going to be on uh, every week straight through till May 1st. Uh, Legends has two more episodes, and then it's done for the year. Um, March 28th and April 4th. April 4th is also the premiere of iZombie, so we'll be covering that as well, but you know, Jerry will be not watching it, of course. Celebrating her birthday. That's what Jerry will be doing. Uh, the Flash and Arrow both are let are next week have shows on the 28th and 29th, and then take a month off until the end of April. Uh, also, at the end of April, Gotham returns April 24th. Yeah, yo. And then the week after that, Lucifer returns. Uh, the week that uh, uh, Supergirl is having its uh, season finale, we'll be having the premiere of Lucifer. That'll be May 1st. So. Just so everybody is on, you know, on the same page and keeping track. Uh, so there'll be a break there in April where we're only going to have a couple episodes, so we'll see how that goes. We'll figure something out there. Uh, if you like geeky podcasts, and I imagine you would because you're listening to this one, then head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com where you can find no apologies and nothing's on and go check yourself and Star Wars Conversations and all these other great podcasts that uh, all kinds of geeky interests Something that's sure to strike your fancy there, and uh, it's run by the mogul himself, Mr. Daryl Taylor, the uh, American God's version of podcasting. That's right. The man who can talk to the internet with his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and if you uh, if you uh, don't find what you're looking for there, then by all means head over to ajhwlod.com. You can find the Walking Dead TV podcast there that uh, Rich and Daryl and myself are on every week. Uh, we're winding down the season already on Walking Dead. 
um, which is hard to believe because it feels like it this just is started. the penultimate episode this week, right? That's right. Or is it? Yep. Right. Yeah, and then one, one and more. And the season flew by. Yeah, no doubt. Well, there, I mean, the eight episode half seasons, you know. Right. I kind of like that structure, though. I wish more more shows would do that. I agree. Um, you also got HHW over there, Half Hour Wasted, the the Podfathers who started it all. There's um, uh, 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 it's all connected. Uh, where Russ and and sometimes Daryl as well. And uh, and some others talk about Marvel TV, much as the same much as we talk about DC TV over here. Uh, oh, oh, I wanted to mention Culture Trapping, the new podcast on the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty much the Black Podcasting Avengers. <laughs> it's uh, Daryl, Daryl, and Sean, and uh, and Martheus. And I have to have some water. Joke, come on. <coughs> Don't choke. Culture trapping. Check that out. I think a second episode just went up, right? If I'm yep. correctly. Yep. Okay, cool. Yes, it does. So until next week, we have another full slate of uh, CWDC TV to talk about. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining me, and we are Ghost. Good night. And now it's time to say goodbye to DC TV. <laughs> I'm really quitting. I quit. M-O-U-S. I quit. I'm out. I'm, the Russians, totally the Russians will pull you back in. The Russians no, will pull you back can't. in. No, they can't. Not if he's singing. It ain't pulling me back in. I'm out. <laughs> Are you saying you're going to go back in the USSR? <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are? <laughs> back in the US, back in the US, Ooh. back in the USSR. I so I can kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of this. God dang
sleep.